Welcome to the Upside Podcast, powered by Upside Global and hosted by Julian Blinn, founder and CEO of Upside Global. The Upside Podcast is listened to weekly by over 6,000 sports and tech executives from all sports leagues and teams in the United States and around the world. Julian has been developing technologies for professional sports teams for over 10 years and has worked for major tech companies along with sports tech startups. In each episode, Julian interviews global leaders in sports to share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations both on and off the playing field. And now here's your host, Julian Blinn. So today we have the honor to interview again uh, Dr. Ron Dick, Associate Professor of Sports Marketing at Duquesne University in the School of Business. So as a reminder, Ron has worked for 20 years in sports, including 15 years in the NBA with the Sixers and the Nets, and then five years in the NCA. So Ron, it's great to have you again on the show. Great to have you too. Great. So uh, Ron, there's a lot to cover, right, today. Uh, we'll talk about the NBA draft, uh, with the NBA playoffs as well. I will talk about Jokic, who some believe that he should have won the MVP over Embiid. And then we'll talk about the WNBA. Uh, we also cover the NHL and the NHL players, as well as the MLB team and the new rule changes, which seems to be a, a success. And then we'll talk about the PGA, the Brooks Cup Cup winning uh, tournament this weekend. And then uh, we'll talk obviously about the NFL draft and the schedule being released. And then in college sports, we'll talk about the ACC uh, implementing revenue distribution models. And then lastly, and I'll cover that, uh, one of the Real Madrid players, Vinicius Jr., a player from Brazil, got uh, was a victim of racism during uh, a game uh, against Valencia over the weekend. So how does it sound? Sounds great, Julian. Let's do it. Great. So, hey, the first topic, we're right in the, the NBA playoffs. In fact, I was in Miami uh, to attend the game between the Miami Heat and the Celtics. Uh, great series. So uh, right now, we've got the Denver Nuggets in the finals against the winner of the Celtics against the Miami Heat. So uh, who do you think is going to go through? Who's going to win? And then also Jokic, right? Uh, Embiid got the MVP, but some people like yourself believe that Jokic should have got the MVP. So what is your take that's on correct. that? That's correct. That's correct. If you go back to some of our old podcasts, I think you'll see that we did agree that the Nuggets, of course, they were the first seed, that this was going to be their time to finally break through and get to the NBA finals. When we had that ABA-NBA merger way back in uh, 76 and 77, there were four teams that came in, the Spurs, the Nets, the Pacers, and the Nuggets. The other three have been to the finals. This is the first time ever that they've been able to get to the finals, Denver, in the NBA. And of yeah. course, the Spurs are the only team that actually won it from that group of four. But it's uh, a lot of talk about LeBron possibly retiring. Uh, I find mm -hmm. that hard to believe that he would walk away from that kind of money. And I think he's got a lot left in the, in the tank. Yeah, The Celtics are hanging on by a thread and forcing a game five. So we'll have to see what happens there. But Miami Heat, I mean, to go from what were they, a seventh seed? Uh, eighth seed, eighth, eight seed, yeah. Eighth seed and go, and go all the way yeah. to uh, this point is amazing. It's such a credit to Eric Spolstra. And yeah. uh, he's probably the best coach in the NBA. I mean, Pat Riley's no fool. It's nice to have him behind you supporting you. But Eric Spolstra is uh, an awesome coach. And he's proved that over a long period of time. 
he uh, is an adopted son of John Spolster. John Spolster is a big name in the NBA as far as attendance and things. And I work with the Nets. I missed him by a couple months with the New Jersey Nets at the time, Portland Trailblazers, Denver Nuggets. But yeah, I think uh, Eric uh, has done a phenomenal job and uh, they keep rebuilding and doing real well. So how, how the final is going to go, we'll have to see. But it's yeah, I have a comment on, on what you just said about Eric. Uh, I actually, I took a plane from Miami one time and I saw him right a few rows from me and he was just sitting there, traveling coach, you know, uh, super humble guy. I didn't talk to him, but uh, the one thing I would say is that he struck me as very humble. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, what's amazing about the Miami Heat, they, had, they have seven undrafted NBA player, seven right. undrafted NBA player, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, what ha- it, it kind of reminds me of the, the, uh, the, the NHL team from Las Vegas, right? First year. They only took guys like nobody wanted. There was no NHL team who wanted those guys. And they took the seven NBA player undrafted, but they were so hungry to succeed and prove everybody wrong. Right. 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 So that, that expansion team, works. they did really well in the NHL. You're right. So, uh, and then the last thing I wanted to say is the, um, well, the Spurs. I think Jimmy Butler. Yeah, the Jimmy uh-huh. Butler has been amazing, right? Yeah, and they made him the centerpiece. I mean, I got a lot of Philadelphia people saying, how come we didn't keep him with the Sixers? And you know, they tried. But the Miami yeah. Heat said, look, you come here, we're going to build around you, you're going to be the focal point, and we're going to put good players around you, and we're going to make you one of the highest paid players in the league. And Jimmy said, I'm going. I'm going to Miami. Yeah. Uh, and one last thing about Eric, he started as a video analyst, a video guy yes. for the Miami Heat, all the way at the bottom. And he made it all the way up. And like you said, he's been there for 15 years. That's right. He grew up in the North, great Northwest where his dad was with the trailblazers. And uh, yes, he worked, he worked his butt off and he's a smart guy. And uh, you know, I, I, if I had to pick one coach to coach my NBA team, I'd pick him. I agree. Um, and then you were going to say about the NBA, the NBA draft, Wemby. Yeah. Well, that's your French guy. I'll let you yeah. comment about that, but he ends up going to the Spurs and uh, wow, what a great place for him to go. Uh, Tony Parker played his whole career there, like almost 20 years. And uh, I'm sure Tony will be involved in his development and uh, Popovich now won't retire for another 10 years because he's got another superstar uh, like Tim Duncan and Ginobili from Argentina. So they're all set. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I would say about uh, Wemby is that it's kind of been a long time coming, right? He's still very young, but he was trained by, uh, you know, an advice, right? Lots of NBA players, French guys, Tony Parker and others. And they all knew from the get-go he had he got an amazing potential, right? Um, yes. And I think the, the Spurs was the one team that was the best fit for him. Uh, because, like you said, Tony Parker is there. He still lives there. Uh, Ginobili, uh, Tim Duncan, Robinson. All those guys can really mentor him. Uh, one one thing that was funny is that when when they announced that the Spurs were getting the first dra- draft pick, uh, a guy from the Houston Rockets, a player, uh, was like, "How come Wemby is so happy? Because the Rockets were hoping to get him." But you know what? You can't you can't just blame him for being you know happy to go to the Spurs, right? Uh, it's a great franchise. Tony Parker is there, so I don't see why you get, you would give him a hard time about this. Yeah, I mean, everybody's favorite language is their name and their native tongue. I mean, he's probably already have been in contact with Tony. I mean, how could you oh, not yeah. be? Right? So to, to, to go to that team is, is is a great fit. And he was playing for the uh, uh, Tony Parker's club in France. Oh, okay. That was the there first was just... club that he played for, so he knows him really, really well. 
Right. Uh, and I, yeah, right. and I think when he was much younger, he met Tony Parker, and there's a picture of him wearing the Spurs jersey. There, Tony. there you go. Oh. That was uh, a foreshadowing of things to come, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. So let's so, switch gears quickly into WNBA. And I think the TV ratings are good. We got packed houses for the NBA. Brittany yeah. Griner going to uh, Phoenix Mercury playing her first game. We had the vice president there of the United States, which was great. Mm-hmm. And we had the great Billie Jean King there. We had Dawn Staley there. Uh, a big hug from uh, KD with the Suns yeah. when she got back. And uh, she was incarcerated 10 months in Russia. Like, yeah. Wow, I didn't realize it was quite that long. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, the game had about 10 to, th- uh, 10 to 11,000 people in attendance. So it uh, seems like it's a good time now to get on board with the WNBA. Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. I think she was very emotional. Uh, the fact that the, the vice president was there, I think she was really uh, touched by that. So great Definitely. that she's back. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, you know, the next topic, and now you want to talk about that, the NHL players, right? So we're still in the middle of the playoffs, the Stanley Cup. So uh, mm-hmm. what do you, what's, what's your take on that, the NHL, right now? The NHL, it looks like possibly Vegas and Carolina in the finals. And, uh, yeah. and that would uh, – they're two, you know, newer teams. As you mentioned earlier, Vegas did get to the finals that first year. Well, they took our, our star goalie because we only cover one. Uh, Mark mm-hmm. Andre Fleury back in the day, and they got a lot of veteran players that uh, were tough and seasoned. Uh, so yeah, it's great to see some some new teams in it that haven't been in it in a while. And uh, ratings seem to be up, interest seems to be high in the NHL, and uh, you know, good for them. That's great. Um, now the the next topic, and I know you're you know you're a big baseball fan, right? So, um, and I've been following the what's going on with some of the teams and the ranking. So I know we talked about the last time, one of the rule changes, right, in the MLB. Mm-hmm. Right. So has it been paying off, I mean, in your opinion? Yeah, I think I think it's been an overwhelming success. And uh, we the games have been shortened by about 30 minutes. And you're really not missing out anything other than the pitcher walking around the mound and the player stepping a bit, the hitter stepping out of the box and, you know, adjusting his batting glove, among other things. So you're not really missing anything of substance. And... It was uh, something that uh, we have uh, with the shifts being eliminated and you can only throw over to first base so many times. We see that there's more singles and there's more doubles and uh, there's more scoring. And I think that that definitely uh, more stealing bases and that really gives interest to a lot of the casual fans that aren't that aren't diehards. So Mm -hmm. we're happy about that. Uh, The. As far as who's playing well, who's not, you know, I'm going to identify three, not necessarily small market teams, but some are small market, but some are definitely small budget teams that are doing fairly well. Surprisingly, the uh, Milwaukee, the Pittsburgh Pirates and Milwaukee Brewers, Milwaukee Brewers, they spend some money, but they're doing well. The Pirates are over 500 for the first time in a very long time in the uh, NL Central. The Braves look solid. My Phillies are under 500. That's a little disappointing. The Mets, who spent a ton of money, are just the 500 mark. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, they don't spend a lot of money. And look at them. They're 35 and 15. They're, they're doing really well. Here we are about a third of the way through the season. The Baltimore Orioles are doing well. And the Arizona Diamondbacks are doing well. So Padres are under 500. And look at all the money they spent. 
the 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 uh, California LA Angels. They're about the 500 mark, maybe a little bit better, and they spent a ton of money. So the one team that's dangerous right now that's really concerning is the Oakland A's, and it looks like they are going to be Andrews. moving to Vegas. Well, it's really scary when you only have 10 wins. And here wow. we are. They were 10 and 40 at one point recently. And, wow. uh, you know, that that they're a triple-A team. I mean, they're just not – they're not major league ready. And uh, that's not good for the entire league. Obviously, by far, the best league is the national – the American League, excuse me, East. All those teams – seem to be over 500 and the league that's really struggling is the al central so um yeah they're all clustered together in the east um yeah that's a good point um, so that it looks like things are really positive in the mlb yeah definitely uh they make that was a good move uh to change the rules so i mean we're very not- critical of the commissioner and i think we got to give him credit when it's due and, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I give him credit for uh, these changes that he really pushed through into the minor leagues first and, and double, triple A to make sure they would work. And they're working like a charm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hey, another topic I know close to your heart is the PGA, right? And the live. Uh-huh. Uh, so Brooks Kopka, I hope I, I said his name correctly. Uh-huh. Uh, Brooks Kopka uh, won uh, a big tournament uh, over the weekend. So. And he's a live guy, right? So, and, yes. and it's funny because he just blasted the media after his recent win. So, what do you right. think is going on there? Well, he didn't just blast them. So, so did uh, his his coach. Yeah, he blasted the media, uh, the 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 Golf Channel, and this guy uh, Brandel Chambly. I hope mm-hmm. I pronounced his name right. He yeah. has tortured logic when it comes to these live players. It's obviously very personal for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they have this perception, this narrative that the only people going to live are, mm-hmm. are washed up former PGA guys. Well, this sticks it right in his face that that's not true. That uh, for, for uh, Brooks here to come back and win when he's considered a live guy, per se, uh, mm-hmm. I got to say, makes him look foolish. It makes it's Brandel is looking really uh, off off the mark here. And uh, PGA is just reeling. Uh, they hate when uh, one of the live guys win the whole thing. So obviously he's still at his peak. And uh, I'm glad to see they increase some of the winnings at some of these major golf uh, for the PGA. Also, obviously, the money was there the whole time and they didn't want to share it. So, yeah, yeah there's a lot going on in golf. Um, but that that really uh, got the attention of a lot of golf fans when a live guy wins it. Yeah, and in fact, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because did you watch the, the documentary on Netflix about uh, the PGA and Brooks? Brooks Kopka was a big uh, figure in the documentary, and he was really, really struggling. I mean, right. he couldn't. It seemed like he lost his mojo, you know, in some ways. Right. right. So uh, the fact that he came back, and because you know, you know, he had the talent all along. But uh-huh. it's it's probably sure. you know mental, right? It was mental. Yeah. So well, golf, uh, golf is a lot mental, as a lot of yeah. sports are. But golf definitely is mental. And yeah, uh, yeah this was a bounce back uh, event for him. And uh, you know, good for him. Yeah, that's great. Hey, the the next topic, uh, obviously the NFL, right? Uh, the NFL draft. Uh, the schedule got released recently. Uh, also, something I saw, Tom Brady sat down with uh, the number one draft pick 
and a bunch of other guys to give them advice on how to make it in the NFL. Did you see that? Uh, no, I did not see that. Yeah, he sat down with uh, the number one uh, draft pick and a bunch of guys, and I thought it was a nice gesture for him to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And and he now has a uh, Al Davis' son uh, sold him a piece of the Raiders. I don't know what that's the right. percentage is. And he also bought a piece of the WNBA team, the Aces, that's also in Vegas. Yeah. And he seems to be spending a lot of time in Vegas for whatever reason. And, and uh, yeah, that's nice that Tom did that. Obviously, who wouldn't want to get some advice from Tom Brady? I mean, uh, the guy's been through it all, and he did it for a very long time. Yeah. And as, far, yeah, as, the, I mean, yeah, as far as the NFL it, draft, what do you think about the number one draft pick? What do you think about it? Maybe the number one and the top three. There was one guy who got passed the first round and everybody was like, well, how come he, you know, everybody passed on him in the first round? You know, uh, I have to look at my, my notes. Maybe well, the Steelers we'll took, took Joey Porter's son out of Penn State, a cornerback, and he thought he was going in the first round, but they took him with the first pick of the second round in the second day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, every drafting players, everybody loves their draft pick in May. Right. Tell me how you feel about your guy when we get to Halloween. You know, let, let, let's play like eight weeks of football and then you tell me how you feel about. Him, right. Everybody's an expert on draft day when you draft people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they use terms like I can't believe he was there. We were thinking about trading up to get him. I yeah. can't believe he fell to us. You know, that's all great terms that we use. But let me know by Halloween how you feel about it. Aaron Rodgers, a lot of stuff about Aaron Rodgers now. And, boy, everybody's in love with the Jets. Mm-hmm. He's already hurt his calf. He showed up for the OTAs. And uh, he's they're trying to get some of the former offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches around him. And, man, he was just giddy as could be uh, mm-hmm. going down Jets' way to go to, go to work. So, uh, you know, so far so good. But that schedule comes out and like, man, people start planning their vacations around the NHL, the NFL schedule, excuse me. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's a big deal. So the draft, the schedule, all that, all that's happening. The NFL's again, as we've said before, 12 months a year uh, season, 12 months. Yeah, well, my, my take on the old NFL team. So first of all, I wasn't born and raised in America. So uh-huh. NFL is kind of, I have learned you know, to appreciate the NFL and football over the years. Uh, my uh-huh. son is way more knowledgeable than me as far as uh-huh. the draft pick. I was like, how do you know all those guys? I just know them. Uh, so, yep. and he's like 13. So, yep. uh, but I think it's super exciting, right? Leading up to the Super Bowl, it's like a big show. It's oh. like 200 million, you know, I mean, it's one of the big, the, the most watched events in the world. And it's it's really well done. So I, yeah, I always count looking one forward sport. to it. Number one sport in the NFL. It, it, NFL football is the number one sport in the United States. There's no question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a big deal. So I, I, yeah. I really I appreciate more. I think the NFL and football more than I ever ever been. Uh, right. So I, I think it's a great great sport. So um, so yeah, that's that's my my take on it. Um, hey, uh, two two other topics. One is the AC, ACC. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are implementing revenue distribution models. Yes. So what is happening there? What's your take on that? So the Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC, which is pretty good for both basketball and, and football. It's one of the obviously top five conferences, yeah. top six in the country. Historically, uh, the way the money is, dis- they have distribution of the NCAA tournament for basketball uh, is totally different than football. Football, it, a lot of times if your team goes to that bowl game, that team gets the money 
not the whole conference. But basketball is different, and they purposely, if you put like six or seven teams in the, in the tournament, they 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 always avoid each other until they get to like the Sweet Sixteen. And mm-hmm. that's also everybody maximizes their money. So I'm going to go back in history to 2006 when I was at James Madison. George Mason, uh, a member of the CAA, Colonial Athletic Conference, at the time. Now, of course, they're in mm-hmm. 10. They made the Final Four. And every team in the co- every university in the conference re- received three million dollars over six years. So that okay. was happened in a year for six years because George Mason went to the final four and did all the work so you mm-hmm. might say well wait a second how much more did george mason get they only got five to ten percent more than all the other schools okay so that seems to be very i would say socialistic well they're going to stop doing that now and they're going to they're going to give more money to the team that does all the work and this is this is kind of groundbreaking college sports stuff and acc is the first one to do this uh regarding basketball in particular, men and women's basketball. So that that's news, uh, news worth mentioning. We yeah. also see that you know, when we get into the nil thing, which we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of the start of that, July 1st of 2021, mm-hmm. that the women are doing really well. The LSU young ladies, which a lot of people out there know, uh, a woman named Livy Dunn, 20 years old, from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. She's not only an NCA uh, gymnastics, she's Olympian at gymnastic level and her her uh, classmate angel reese who just won the ncaa tournament uh with women's basketball they're now doing swimsuit editions for sports illustrated and making a lot of money off that and yeah uh, libby dunn makes 3.5 million dollars a year oh. in her endorsement deals with nil and she That's is the deal. number one athlete male or female in the country and angel reese makes over a million dollars in her endorsement deal so i'm really happy for them a lot of us were concerned that it would only go for the men two years ago Mm -hmm. but hey the women the women are doing real well too so good for them yeah unless you're the son of uh, lebron james and your name is Bronny james and getting 10 million dollars from nike then you're pretty in good shape but that's not is that what he got to go to us 10 million dollars from nike yeah yeah wow wow yeah how about that life is good right so absolutely uh, hey the, the the last topic is uh, uh one of the brazilian players from real madrid vinicius jr got the victim of racism uh, over the weekend during a game against valencia and basically they were singing like monkey songs right which is unacceptable and basically what's ironic is that he got a red card because he got aggravated for good reason right he got a red card got ejected and Valencia Football Club got fined $50,000. That's it. And Valencia wow. came out and said, that's unacceptable. That's not right, right? And in the end, the La Liga, the league, reversed the red card for good reasons. So I personally, I think it's just totally unacceptable. Uh, but it's not surprising because La Liga has a, some teams, some fans, some fans have a history of racism. Uh, you know, for example, a few years ago, I was attending a game between Real Madrid and, and um, Barcelona at the Camp Nou, and uh-huh. same thing happened. Every time the African-American player was touching the ball, same thing happened. Some of the fans were singing like racist songs, and you know, they, again, this is not the first time this is happening. Uh, it's also happening in Italy in Calcio. So uh, I just think it's time for those leagues, right, La Liga and Calcio, to really do something about it because they might lose their best players 
And that's exactly what's happening with Vinicius. Uh, he was threatening to leave La Liga for obvious reasons and for good reasons, right? So. Right, right. Well, it's terrific. It, it, it's, it's something that just should never happen. And uh, we have to have zero tolerance for that type of behavior by fans. Zero. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very unfortunate. So, I, again, I, I hope that La Liga respond in a better way and and hopefully that will set a precedent uh, yeah, for the definitely. rest of the league. So uh, that should never happen in, in sports. So, hey, look, we're hey. at the end of the, the podcast interview, but uh, I wanted to thank you for, for your time again today. Thank you, Julian. I enjoyed it, and uh, I hope everybody's doing well out there in podcast land. Sounds great. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To access past episodes and other research, articles, and analysis of sports technology, please visit our website, theupside.us. Subscribe to the Upside newsletter and receive full access to our sports tech business letter and website. Royalty-free music is provided by ibaudio.com. The Upside podcast provides timely insights and interviews with global leaders in sports technology. Until next time, keep looking to the Upside.